Hey, hey, my taste buds. It is your hungry homie, Joe House, here to tell you about the latest installment of House of Carbs on the Ringer Food Network. We are doing Munch Madness, eight of the most underrated college food towns in America. We're trying to find a succulent Cinderella story. Won't you join us? Listen now on Ringer Food. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com slash FYC. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, everyone. It's March 23rd. Today's show, we are chatting with Josh Pyatt. Josh is the co-head of sports at William Morris Endeavor. He's a talent agent that reps athletes when they want to become movie stars or at least movie players. He's got LeBron. He helped do the Manning cast on ESPN2. We'll talk a little bit about sports rights. Everything's going nuts right now. Amazon, Apple, all these new entrants into the sports game. Who's going to get Sunday ticket? Josh will break it down for us. I actually personally think Amazon's going to get it, um, but we'll see. Josh has a take. I do want to do a small victory lap. Shocker, the West Side Story actress, Rachel Zegler, it was announced yesterday, is going to the Oscars after all, after she put on Instagram that she was hoping for a miracle for a ticket. Lucas and I on Monday's show predicted that, yes, they would absolutely bring her to the show. Now she's going to be a presenter. So uh, problem solved. Spielberg doesn't have to be embarrassed. He won't be asked about it on the red carpet. Everybody's happy. It's happily ever after. Uh, totally predictable. It's, it's funny how these scandals work out. With that, let's go on to Josh Pyatt. I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Josh Pyatt. Josh Pyatt is the co-head of sports at William Morris Endeavor, the talent agency. Now, that's a bit of a misnomer because you do not, for the most part, do athlete deals for their sports endeavors. Your specialty and why I wanted to have you on today is you are very good at taking athletes and creating entertainment businesses around them. You've worked with LeBron and Spring Hill Entertainment. You work with Peyton Manning, and you were instrumental in the Manning cast, um, although I, I don't know if you like that term. I'm going to ask if you like that term or not. Uh, you rep the estate of Kobe Bryant. You rep Troy Aikman. So a ton of athletes that have crossed over into the entertainment landscape. So I wanted to have a conversation with you about all of that, and it seems like a hot topic these days. Um, first of all, I think people look at some of these deals, especially the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, ESPN deal, and they're like, holy shit, why are those guys worth 30-something million dollars? Do people actually watch sportscasts because of the talent? I know you represent talent, so you're going to say yes, but give us the rationale from the ESPN side on why those guys are worth that money. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's just the ESPN side. I would just say 
you know, the, the, the rights packages that these companies pay uh, to the NFL, I mean, you're talking about $24 billion over 10 years. It's like buying a Ferrari and putting a Ford engine into it, right? Like if you're going to go out and spend that kind of money on these rights packages and football is that important in the overall scheme of what you put on television, you know, having trusted voices, having people that are exceptional at calling football games, you know, feels like something that makes a lot of sense as you as you round that out. I mean, you know, it's you have pregame and postgame shows, you have recognizable faces on those, you know, the people that are actually calling the game. Uh, I, you know, that's how I would justify it if, if I were one of these big companies. Isn't this also about getting better games on Monday Night Football? Because the NFL has all the cards here. The NFL has all the power. And if you're ESPN, you can say to the NFL, look, we just upgraded our booth. Give us some of those premium games that you may have steered to Sunday Night Football or elsewhere. I mean, I, I don't know how much that actually happens. I, I, I'll say I do think a big part of it is the relationship, right? The the NFL does hold all the cards. You know, they're constantly, you know, in motion on something. So, for example, you know, Sunday Ticket, um, you know, NFL Media Properties. You know, they're out in the marketplace right now with with, with those. So, you know, I think it, it it shows the NFL that you're a good partner when you're willing to go and upgrade your booth and um, you know do the things that are important to the NFL as a part of it. So. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it's about games, but I think it's just keeping the relationship in a really good place and, and listening to your partner and being a good partner. So we're in this weird spot right now where the linear television bundle is declining and the streaming video universe is just getting used to live events and figuring out what live events are going to be on streaming. And Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, they've all tip their toe in sports to varying degrees. Um, what do you see right now as the companies that are most invested? Who wants this bad enough? Who wants to be the player in sports among the streaming services? It's not Netflix. I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to look at Amazon. I mean, they're, they, they've been, they, they went out and got, you know, the NFL package. They've been very aggressive. It's the first time in a streaming service has held NFL rights exclusively. Yeah. You know, but they've also been very aggressive in, in European soccer. I believe that they control PSG and, and, and League One rights in France. So, I mean, they've been pretty aggressive across the board. I think Apple recently, uh, with, with their rights acquisitions of Major League Baseball's games, they're starting to kind of get into it. Right. Friday Night Baseball. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of rights available, right? So, um, you know, you look at the NFL, their rights are locked up for the next 10 years. So I think that, um, you know, the, the streamers have to look at what's coming available and what makes the most sense based on their audience. But to answer your question, I would say so far, the company that's been the most aggressive has been Amazon. So who's going to get Sunday ticket? Who needs it the most? Yeah, I mean, well, I would say who needs it the most? I would probably say Apple because they're not in the NFL business. Well, but they don't need anything. They make a billion, you know, they make, a, you know, multiple billion dollars a quarter based on their other businesses. This is sort of a 4A for them. Anyway, but you could say the same thing about Amazon, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Amazon does just as well quarter, you know, quarter by quarter. Um, I think if these guys are, are, are going to get into the sports space, um, which they've all acknowledged they're doing, then, you know, having something associated with the NFL is massively important. I mean, look, if you're if you're Amazon and you, you know, your Q3 revenue number is $80 billion, like, 
I mean, that should scare the shit at a lot of these other companies that like you can literally, because by the way, think about it in the traditional television landscape, Matt, like Apple has a lot of money, but I wouldn't say they have overwhelmed the marketplace with deals, right? Like they've been very strategic and smart and like, you know, part of these conversations, I feel like the reason they don't do it is because they don't want people to think that they're stupid and they overspend, right? Just because you have the money doesn't mean you're going to be stupid about it. So I think that they've operated the same way on this in, in the sports space, right? Think about it. They hired Jim, Jim, I think his last name is DiLorenzo from Amazon almost two years ago, a year and a half ago. They're, like they're being methodical about how they get into this space. He's an executive that works on sports. He did. He's he handles live rights. So mm-hmm. like he and he came from Amazon. Um, so you know they've been very thoughtful about you know how they go about getting into this business. Yeah, I mean I think it's interesting. Look, at the end of the day, they know th- this is where it's all going to end up anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like in ten years. You know, you, you're going to look at the traditional media landscape, and and it's going to be further eroded. Um, you're probably going to lose a lot of like, you know, what you look at as a cable lineup right now. There's going to be a lot of places that don't exist anymore. So they can afford to play the long game. Well, and the and the NFL has a history of uh, being the loss leader at a media company that that was, you know, look what Rupert Murdoch did in the early '90s. He lost a bunch of money stealing the NFL away from CBS, and that put Fox network on the map. And I think these streaming services are doing the same thing. Like Amazon all of a sudden has the Sunday ticket package. Every NFL fan that is used to going to direct TV is going to go over. And that's a lot of people who were not in the Amazon universe. And it's going to, it's going to make them a must have. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. That to me is different. People have different kind of stages of why they cord cut. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to cord cut because I don't care about GSN or a few of these other channels. Um, the NFL is that powerful, right? Like, I mean, there's some like the top 50 shows last year, there was some crazy number about how many of them were NFL games. So to me, it, that could create a a, a big dent in, 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 in what DirecTV does and, and how many like I don't know if I'm going to keep DirecTV if that happens. So, you know, it is, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, the league is in this odd spot now because the NFL has always operated under the premise of give us the biggest audience possible. That's why they always went with broadcast. That's why they always, you know, spread their games out over multiple networks. Uh, now we're in this weird place where the broadcast audience is declining to the point where the NFL has to pay attention and they have to allow for streaming. But you can't, you know, if you transition over to streaming exclusively, you miss that big tent that they like. So yeah, I think but something you also, like- you also, everybody has to remember the NFL is a business, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if these streamers are willing to overpay uh, or, or pay significant, significant amounts of money to get this on their platform, you know, it's a hedge, right? It's, it's like the traditional networks that still have their business and then are also adding these, you know, right. pluses, whether it's ESPN plus or CNN plus or, uh, Paramount Plus. It's a hedge between you know the traditional media landscape and then where the world is going, which is streamers. I mean, you know, m- my my father-in-law doesn't spend a tremendous amount of time streaming streaming video, right? So right. you know, as as people move away from doing that, and then there's also you know our kids will never have a cable box. Right. So yeah, it's kind of as one world um, transitions. 
you know, being there for the next generation. So I, I think the NFL sees that they're smart people. I mean, the rights package right now, I, I think they have an opt out after eight years, but, uh, but it's for 10 years. So in 10 years, the landscape's going to look a lot different. Yeah. And you see it with, you know, at Sunday night games on Peacock and, you know, Sunday afternoon games on Paramount plus. All right. I want to switch over. You, you were, you represent Peyton Manning and you were very instrumental in the Manning cast, which I think was the sports media story of the past season. Um, are we going to now see 50 imitations of the, of the Manning cast across sports? Is this going to be a trend that proliferates where it's going to be, okay, now these stars are going to talk over the game. I mean, I, you know, I, I think people are going to have varying, uh, are, are going to use this in, in their own way that makes sense in their own networks. Do I think that, that you'll see more mega cast? Sure. I, I think that the hardest part of these types of things, of putting these types of things together is, is the talent, right? I mean, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have a natural chemistry because they're brothers. They're fantastic together. They know the sport like the back of the, their hand. They, you know, they've forgotten more about football than most people will ever know. But e didn't Eli have to audition along with others? I think he said that. No. No? Okay. He definitely didn't. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, so w will you see more of it? Sure. I mean, I think you're already seeing different versions of it with, you know, Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, th there were mega casts before uh, the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning mega cast. You know, yeah. but I think that, um, the chemistry that they have is undeniable. Um, and that, you know, kind of made it pop more than any of the other ones that you've seen. And it doesn't just happen. People think, oh, it's the Manning brothers chatting over a game. But no. like you and I have talked about this a little bit, like this was a very calculated and produced simulcast where there, you know, there was a lot of thought that went into what it would be and yeah. what they would talk about and the kind of guests that they would have on. And, you know, I, I think that that's what shows in, in the product. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the other thing that you don't think about, I mean, Peyton and Eli are professionals. Like they took the time to, you know, even though they weren't watching game film every week uh, on 10 different games. I mean, you know, they, they prepared, they, you know, they, they wanted this to work. And I think you can tell the difference between people that take this stuff seriously and people that don't. Peyton's arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the sport because he was, so, he, you know, he, he prepared in such a ferocious way. The, the million dollar question though, is does this bring an audience? I've heard people on both sides say, you know what? Good for the Mannings. They got a lot of attention for themselves, but it didn't add to the pie of viewers like you, they, like ESPN would have hoped. Yeah. See, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that I completely agree with that. I mean, it, <laughs> obviously not. Yeah. I, you know, look, I think at the end of the day, it, it didn't take away audience from the traditional Monday night football show. It added mm -hmm. 2 million uh, in, in new audience members. Um, I think it added a completely different dimension and a different way for people to watch football games. If you want to go watch the traditional broadcast that has been done this, you know, a similar way for 30 years, you can go on traditional ESPN. And if you want to watch, you know, something that is an alt telecast that has celebrity guests and feels more of like, you know, if you were going to a bar and watching it with friends, which was the original intent, then you can go watch the Mannings on ESPN too. But it, you know, it's not like the Monday night football show went from 11 million people to 9 million people. It was, it stayed at 11 million people and they added 2 million people. Right. So I tend to agree with you. And I think that in this, in this cable landscape where these companies are desperately trying to keep people subscribed to their bundle, 
having something additive like this is powerful. And young people who may not even want to watch full games anymore. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that shows people get most of their sports and highlights and clips on Twitter and things like that. And giving them a reason to actually tune into something different that you can't necessarily see on Twitter um, might be valuable there. So there's a lot of scripted shows on broadcast that would love to get 2 million people to tune into their show on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. So, you know, it it is, um, it's just a different offering, right? right? And I think that's, the way the content landscape is trending. You have to be all things to all people and, and, and give people variety in what they want to consume. Right. So what you spend most of your time on is creating entertainment companies around athletes. And you've been very successful with people like LeBron. I want to get your take on a question that I've often been asked is, why are some athletes successful in doing this and many other athletes try and are not successful? The first place you have to start is the, the athlete has to be you know, in the 1% business, right? He has to be uh, iconic. Um, You know, one of those people where when you walk down the street, everybody immediately stops and says, you know, oh my God, that's LeBron James. And then I think what most people don't understand or think about is how important the people on the team are. You know, Spring Hill is not Spring Hill without Maverick Carter. It's not, Spring Hill is not Spring Hill without Jamal Henderson and Matt Trunzo and Phil Byron. You know, these are people that are, vital to the growth of these companies, that becomes very important as you as you try and build something, right? Build something with, you know, that, that creates long-term value. Can you go sell a few shows here and there? Sure. I mean, you know, that you don't need a full infrastructure to do. But if you want to build a company and a business, um, you know, you have to have the right team in place so that when LeBron James is playing basketball 10 months out of the year, uh, you can still move the business forward. And now, you know, I would argue that company you know, stands on its own without LeBron anywhere near it uh, because of what they've been able to do with it. You think so? I mean, I wonder about these companies. Give me one athlete who has made this last outside of his playing time, besides Jordan. Has made what last? Meaning LeBron can get a meeting with anyone he wants right now. Is that true in 10 years? Yes. And why? Because he's an icon. I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, look, I. When, when we started working with Kobe, you know, we didn't actually start any of the real work until he was retired, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were still just as happy to meet with him two years removed as they were two years before he retired. So, you know, I, I think if it's that level of athlete and that caliber of athlete, you know, when Cristiano Ronaldo is away from soccer for 10 years, th- th- you know, there's people will still want to meet with him. David Beckham is a good example of an athlete that has transcended their sport and continues to be someone. And he's a global icon and he hasn't played soccer in a long time. Right, right. You must evaluate athletes when they come in your door as to whether the person has that potential. What are some of the factors other than just elite athletic status? Yeah. um, Is, you know, can a business be built around a baseball player? You and I are baseball fans. Is there a baseball player out there that could have this kind of business? Or is A-Rod unique? I look, I think they're all unique. I, I, every single athlete I've worked with wants something different. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing you look for, I mean, I started working with, with a group here with Michael Strahan probably 10 years ago. Um, you know, so who would have ever believed he would turn into the monster he has become 
But I think there's one thing consistent in all these guys. They, they have to have that entrepreneurial spirit and they want to, they, they need to want to do this, right? This is not something that you sit back passively and just wait to, to happen. Michael works very, very hard. Um, and, and everything he has, he deserves because he works hard and, and he, uh, he wants to win. So I think outside of the athletic ability, you, you know, you have to find people that, you know, truly mean what they say when they want to take over the world and they want to be, uh, they want to be a hall of famer post career as, you know, in addition to be a hauling, in addition to being a hall of famer during their career, that, that is, that's a huge piece. And, you know, they have to have a willingness to learn. They have to have a willingness to, to, to put time in, to spend money in certain situations, hiring the right people, you know, putting money back into their company. Um, you know, those are all things that are important as you look to build a business. And look, some people, the, the reality is not everybody's going to build a, 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 you know, a nine-figure business in this space. Some people could build an eight-figure business. Some people could be a broadcaster that do a few projects on the side. You know, there isn't one way to do this. Um, so, you know, the, the, the openness to kind of understand as the business moves, what opportunities that means for you, that, you know, you, th that I think is important. Uh, all right. Well, that, on that note, um, I think we are done. I want to thank Josh Pyatt. He's the co-head of sports at William Morris Endeavor. Uh, congratulations on all the success. And I look forward Thanks, to the 50 terrible imitations of the Manning cast. Appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> All right. Time for the 100% surefire probable Hollywood take of the day. Uh, that is a working title. We're still working on the name of that. Producer Craig, my take is that I don't believe any of these announcer moves are going to make any difference. Like the ratings will not change on Monday Night Football that no one's going to go watch Thursday Night Football. Well, they have to watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon now, but. Yes. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will make no difference on Monday Night Football. Why do you think that? Because I don't think people watch these games for announcers. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it'll steal people from the Manning cast personally. When the game is good. Yeah. It, it will probably steal from the Manning cast unless the games are bad and then people will switch over. But I just don't. I mean, and I, and I think that that's, the, ESPN knows that. I think they hired it in an effort to get better games, but I don't think that having A-list announcers, and I don't think that losing Al Michaels is going to make a big deal on Sunday Night Football. Mike Tirico's fine. I think that's probably right. There's no competition. Yes. All right, thanks for listening. We will be back two more times this week. We're doing a four-show week. First time, figure it's right thing to do for the Oscars. You will be so sick of it that you will have no desire to watch the show on Sunday, which is the goal. Uh, we will be back then. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Josh Pyatt. And we'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.